My name is Josh Snyder. You're watching Thoughtful Discussions, and I'm here with John Hall. And tell me a little bit about yourself. Oh, wait, hold on. Tell me everything you do. All of it. Everything I do? Yeah. Okay. Well, on day one, I cried. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I started out uh, my, my professional career as a designer. Okay. Uh, graduated from Edinburgh University, just south of Erie, Pennsylvania. Yep. Um, I went there because it was one of the top schools for art at that time. I didn't realize it was in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And so I realized quickly you had to make friends and kind of be a part of the conversation in order to survive life. Gotcha. And so um, first day, kind of made a lot of friends and everything, kind of kept them throughout the whole time. And now cool. I'm still friends with them today, 20 years later. Amazing. You know, and so I uh, started out as a design major. Um, everyone thought I was animation for some reason. Okay. I don't know why. Uh, to this day, I am not a great animator. Um, <laughs> I used to do flash animation, yeah. and I, I now I don't do that anymore okay. for for good reason. Gotcha. So, um, in terms of other stuff, though, uh, took all the other classes. You know, painting, photography. Never really thought, thought anything. Not didn't really think things about it. Yeah, it was uh, designed the whole way. It was gotcha. logos, uh, typography. I love typography. Like mm -hmm. type type design is is what gets me going right now. Gotcha. Um, and then just kind of like did some things around town, you know, just graduated college uh, four and a half years. I spent a half year getting uh, a third minor, which I did not realize did not count toward my credits. And it wasn't it wasn't recognized <laughs> okay. by the uh, school. So um, I have an unaccredited uh, psychology minor. Oh, wow. So that could work to your advantage, though. Right? It has in the past. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we'll see what happens in the future with that kind of stuff, though. Sure. But. Extra credits, extra money gone. Sorry, right. Dad. <laughs> so, <Whoops>. yeah, <laughs> uh, I paid for my, I did pay for my master's degrees, um, classes. So, wow. I'm uh, paying that off right now, and we'll be paying it off for the next two hundred some years. Yeah. So, Chatham University, you're gonna get your money eventually. I <laughs> promise. <laughs> so, um, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, but so, uh, did you did you stay up in Edinburgh after you went there, or did you end up uh, moving? Um, you moved down here and went to Chatham. Was that immediately after? Or? No, no, okay. no. Uh, there was 10 years between okay. my undergrad and my graduate. Gotcha. So I stayed up to Edinburgh for another year. Yeah. I was a bit of a drinker. Okay. I was an art student. Yeah. And with art students come creativity. Sure. Well, creativity, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I lived in a room that had six bedrooms and nine roommates. Okay. And so when you live with uh, eight guys and one girl, yeah. who is more or less like one of the boys, right? Uh, everybody wants to go to the bar every night. Right. And so if you want to have an, so like if you want to have like a night off, guess what? Vern wants to go out. Right. Oh man, you know it's Sunday at three o'clock. You know what? Scott wants to go out. Right. And so every time that uh, you know we that we try to take a day off, we wind up getting more smashed. And so I stayed up there for an extra year. Yeah. Um, I kind of punched around the print design lab, uh, talked to my teachers, you know, just kind of did like the whole post-college don't want to grow up thing. Yep. Moved back here to Pittsburgh, um, worked at FedEx office for, well, back then it was Kinko's. Yeah. So to show my age, it was Kinko's <laughs> back then. I remember Kinko's. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> that was a job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, funny thing story is that the person I the the person I buy my print from at FedEx office up in 
Cranberry yeah. was my manager in Monroeville that my, was 18 years ago. Yeah. Ah, it's crazy how, how, how people enter your life, leave for 10 years, and then they're back in your lives. So yep. lesson learned, be nice to everybody because Absolutely. you never know when they'll come back. And, and it's just good to know them yep. because you'll never know how they'll benefit you leave. How they'll how they'll benefit you benefit you later on. Absolutely. Pittsburgh is a small city, mm-hmm. and uh, I see the same people. Oh my God! Every every day, pretty much. We all know, you know each other. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So I came out of Pittsburgh. Uh, worked at FedEx office for a little bit. Worked at Colonial, uh, Worked at Colonial Design. I, w- I was a signage designer. Okay. There, graphic designer. Just kind of did whatever I could do there. Um, made some really, really cool, cool uh, things there. That was a fun, yeah. fun job. Yeah. Uh, taught me how bad I truly am, mm-hmm. you know, cause one of the things that happens when you graduate college and like your professors give you A's is that you begin to believe that you're that good. Oh yeah. And so then you get your first job and everyone's like, what the fuck were you thinking? Right. <laughs> Can I swear? You're right. All right, cool. So, <laughs> um, so yeah so everybody was like yeah we need you to like up your game and I'm like yeah. my game's like rocking what are you talking about you right. guys suck <laughs> and then i mean i was i i was an unabashed asshole yeah i mean <laughs> happens to the best of us right and right. so uh i learned my lesson quickly you yeah. know um uh i wound up leaving there uh Went to Minuteman Press, got involved in printing stuff and everything. I was like the senior designer there. Okay. Um, learned about printing, offset printing, and nice. and like that's that sort of thing, and kind of learned how to basically just put ink on paper. Mm-hmm. FedEx office, well, Kinko's back then. It was all, it still is, just like digital printing, and it's right. just like pressing buttons. Yeah. And so there really is no skill in that, you know. Like you can. Now learn. back then, did they they had actual photocopiers that would develop? and copy like it had to scan each each one not in my no? office okay. no we had xerox and canon yeah press start and the machine and does scan. all the work yeah. okay uh we didn't calibrate anything yeah kind of why they got bought out right. <laughs> they were just bad at what they're doing <laughs> they were bad at what they were doing basically that's why they were failing so right um and so uh minuteman press worked there learned how to do like traditional printing and everything mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of where i kind of got involved in the whole ink and stuff and that kind of thing and then um worked there for a couple years fell backwards into teaching okay um design teacher way too young to be a teacher i was 24 when i started oh wow my students were 21 yeah it's hard to control a class it's hard eat you alive i mean it's it's easy to be the cool teacher right but it's hard to be the cool teacher that actually once respect yeah so you kind of get like yeah you kind of got to play the teacher is like hey you know i'll you know buy you a 40 if you do this for me you know (laughs) and so uh i did some unsavory things you know and just kind of yeah it's a different life um i've grown up since then (laughs) learned my lessons in some ways so um but from then i just kind of got involved in printing and everything and so um Worked at a printer up in Erie. I moved to Erie a couple of years ago, and then uh, mm-hmm. I moved back since then. But um, I was a printer up there, uh, digital press, ESCO digital, di- ESCO digital die cutting stuff, and just kind of did that kind of thing. thing awesome. There. Yeah. And now you're here in Pittsburgh, and what do you do here? Here in Pittsburgh, I am uh, I'm a designer for the Printing Industries of America, mm-hmm. and so we are a nonprofit trade group, and we 
we handle a lot of the um, questions that printers have. Mm -hmm. And so if a printer has a question about what press should I buy, you know, yeah. I, like I, I'm looking to invest $10 million. Mm -hmm. I need to capitalize on this market. Mm -hmm. what, sh what should I do and, right. and then how should I buy it? Right. And so we kind of help them out and the decisions of like, well, this is like what your target audience is. This is what people want. Uh, we're, we're an unbiased group. So like we can't tell them specifically what like, you know, brand to buy, right. but we'll say these features are what's popular yeah. and you guys can make that decision based upon what we tell you. Right. You know? And you have some, you have data to back all that up. Yeah. 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 We, we have, and we have an economics department that we kind of analyze people's, um, uh, their, uh, their financial standings. Yep. We'll, we'll see where they made the most money. What was their biggest month for sales in certain you know categories and everything, and so we'll kind of go through their marketing verticals and 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 then figure out what what will be the best feature for them. Basically, right. we have a safety, uh, we have an environmental health and safety um, place there, so yeah. we go on audits for OSHA, mm -hmm. and so we'll kind of test their facilities to make sure that they um, apply by all the OSHA audits and they do everything right. Gotcha. And so we've it's good to have that preemptive. Oh my God, yeah, people, we have saved people's companies millions of dollars basically just by going through and giving them kind of like a mock audit yeah. and making sure that they have like everything kind of figured out hmm. you know um we also deal with people getting injured on like the job too we we have a person that handles that kind of stuff so they'll hmm. go through and tell them what to expect whenever someone like loses a hand or if they fall into a press or if they fall into a packaging machine like right. people die printing which is kind of scary right i mean it's <laughs> yeah. a lot more rare now than it probably was 100 years ago uh i'm sure of it yeah yeah we don't have records back back then right but for like from the 50s oh we're 100 times better right now oh, yeah. yeah yeah um but um you know just from that just kind of uh i i work in the marketing department and so okay. uh we do conferences we do five conferences a year and yeah. then we attend print uh, um print shows that are in chicago Okay. And so we do that kind of stuff. We have a printing award program that people can submit their best printing stuff. And then we have judges from like across the country judging things. And so right. we, we get things from all over the world. We have yeah. people from China, Japan, um, uh, the uh, Ukraine. We have um, Israel. Uh, Qatar is a big uh, player there. Yeah. And people submit projects that these books are phenomenal. I yeah. mean, there is things that I never would have imagined that like could happen. Yeah. I mean, pages that just go on for miles, you know, they, they, they hand glue every page together or like printing that is on like, just like a microfilm that's like inlaid with like paper and everything that they like yeah. tear the paper in half and then they, they like do that kind of stuff. Hmm. It's just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something wild. That's amazing. Uh, so you, you're working with them and then you, what else do you do? Uh, photography. Okay. I'm a photographer. I kind of. Um, after college, I um, always thought about being a, a photographer. Never yeah. really took it seriously. Yeah. You know? Um, got a lot of friends who really did well with it, too. Like, yeah. um, made it to the level of, like, Andy Warhol level. I mean, okay. they're, they're in the stratosphere right now. They're right. doing great. Right, right. And so I always looked at them and said, you know, like, I respect their craft. Mm -hmm. You know? I think I have something to say and I could take some pictures about things that I like. Right. And so um, I never really took it seriously, you know, for like 10 years. Yeah. I just kind of thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. I never, never really did like anything about it. Mm -hmm. And so I ran into some money and I bought my first camera. 
And this was two years ago, actually, okay. like, like two and a half years ago. So I've, I've only been doing it for two, for like two and a half years. Gotcha. Um, a lot of it, though, uh, I've had the ideas for like a lifetime, yeah. just finally getting it done. Okay. You know, and yeah. uh, it took it took some negative times in my life to really want to do something to kind of help myself. Gotcha. And so uh, the, the photography came out of a negative experience. Hmm. And so uh, uh, it just made me feel better. Yeah. And so I just wanted to do something to make me feel, feel good. I didn't realize yeah. it at, at that time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it got me outside, you know. Yep. It, it got me walking around. It got me meeting, meeting new people. Right. Having brand new adventures and getting involved in the community in ways I never thought before. What do you think about the community in Pittsburgh, the, the arts, creatives? I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a growing community. It's always surprising me, mm -hmm. you know. Um, a lot of my friends are um, they're, they're, they are musicians, mm -hmm. and, for, and for years and years and years, I heard Cleveland's a place to be. Cleveland has music, yeah. you know. And finally, I'm starting to hear Pittsburgh is a place to play music. Pittsburgh is a place to be Coming. like an artist. Right. right. And there's a lot of people that are coming up from from Pittsburgh, not just you know musicians, but like you know photographers, painters. I mean, artists that you know traditional animators. They're they're really making they're really becoming somebody great. You know, right? The artist community in Pittsburgh is incredibly supportive. Mm -hmm. It's something that I never really thought would even be um, acceptable, be viable to be a part of. Basically, right? You know. Um, I meet people in the weirdest places. Like, I, yeah. I met you at the Raw yeah. Art Show. Right. And you gave me your business card. Yeah. And then I wanted to get something printed, and so I called you. It was, like, two months later. Yep. And you're like, bring it down. And so yeah. I went to a, I went to a revival, and then yeah. um, we got it printed, and here I am, like, yeah. like two years later, basically. Love it. Yeah. Love it. And, I mean, I met so many people doing that same thing. Just, you know, people I meet through photography, through drawing and art and everything, and the mm -hmm. community – not just Pittsburgh, but like people that are visiting here from like, uh, like Delaware. Like, um, mm -hmm. I know a lot of people that are from, uh, that are from, that are from Philly, that okay. are just incredibly supportive of the uh, Pittsburgh arts. It's amazing. And it's just, you meet people that you never know, that like right. you never have the chance to meet them, you know. Right. And so when you get involved in the community within the arts. Um, not just going to shows and, you know, not just going to art shows, but really, like, participating in, like, board meetings mm -hmm. and kind of, like, going to, like, the random art gallery opening that you would never right. think, you know, just kind of try something new. Right. You'll meet people that you'll see again at, like, a raw art show or you'll see them at, like, another gallery, mm -hmm. you know. And um, a lot of people that that teach at the art uh, – that I teach at the art institute, that teach at the, the, uh, the uh, schools here, mm -hmm. they are all involved there, too. You're yeah. going to meet them again. And making a good impression, being altruistic, and just being happy and just being kind to them goes right. a long, goes like a long way. Absolutely. And so, if you can be a, a, a one of the support beams of that culture, yeah, it just makes the world a better place. Hmm. You know, it just makes the community in Pittsburgh just a better place to live. Absolutely. You know, and so for for a while, uh, I never. I was the traditional designer, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I was just uh, behind the computer, right? E you know, emailing, going on my message boards, you know, trying to find work going going there. Yeah. Uh, I always never thought I was good enough to go out there and meet people and, like, you know, shake right. their hand and say, I'm a designer. Right. But then, you know, just 
if you're gonna go and do it, just just you know do it, and just just go out and have fun with that kind of stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So for people that this might be the first episode they're watching and they might not know a little bit about me, I just want to clue them in on, first off, why this is uh, a great guest to have on the show, but also, um, you know, just a little bit of my background. So I started printing when I was 16 and um, worked at a, a neighborhood print shop when I was 18. I started my own business, screen printing. The, the, the place I had worked at for two years, they did, they had copiers, they had offset, and they had screen printing. So. I started out with design at 16. Mm-hmm. They, my, my first day interview, they were like, hey, do you know Corel Draw? It was a Friday. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> and they're like, all right, cool. Can you start Monday? And I literally spent 48 hours figuring out Corel Draw because I'd never even heard of it. Right, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and then I went in, and I looked like I knew kind of what I was doing. And for a 16-year-old, I think I BS my way through it pretty well. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> and then I was slowly kind of buying the pieces, buying, taking some screens home, and figuring out kind of how, how to do it. And, and then uh, I had an order that paid for the shirts, or that, that you know, they paid for the press. Mm-hmm. $400 order, press was like a couple hundred bucks. I bought a little machine. Right. And uh, took the order before I had the press kind of thing. Right. And, uh, <laughs> but it all worked out. They, right, he was yeah. willing to wait like two, three weeks and printed it out. Uh, he loved them. And so I started that kind of in my garage. It got to a point where I was working for three different print shops. They were all kind of friends, family. Okay, right. And, right. Uh, and then I started doing my own thing. My dad let us kind of shack up in the garage. Nice. And uh, we did that for three years, moved out, got a bigger place, two years, moved out, bigger place. And uh, and then it was my brother and I at that point. We sold it, moved out to Pittsburgh. That was out in Southern California. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so printmaking has always kind of like been in my blood, been in, you know, I've enjoyed manufacturing um i don't know what it is because it's not something that makes a ton of money but it's something i i enjoy watch you know working with my hands seeing the pieces get done but i'm also artistic yeah consider yeah. myself an artist photographer um print printmaker is right. probably the biggest way at least currently and uh, being able to use all those attributes together i think makes the art that i do a lot of fun yeah and then uh, moved to Pittsburgh seven years ago. My son, his name is Shark, and he- uh, That's an awesome name, by the way. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, he's great. And uh, he is four now, and when he was born, I became full-time stay-at-home dad. And I'm like, well, I gotta make some money. Right. Bought a little desktop laser printer, and started telling everyone I was doing printing. Mm-hmm. And so it went from screen printing, which is apparel, to um, just a little laser printer, the quality was good. It was super slow. Right. Yeah. Killed me, but it, it, <laughs> it got me. It got me where I needed to be. That I killed that thing. It should have lasted like five years. I killed it in six months, <laughs> and uh, and then bought my first Xerox and kind of mm-hmm. went from there. Was it like a single, uh, cheaters press? What's that? A a single screen press that you had? No. And the, so it was the, the one, one I had when Shark was born. Um, it was just a, a little desktop HP laser, oh. laser printer. Oh wow. This is just like it was like a, for like a home office. Yeah, it was <laughs> the quality was decent. Like to, it, it was competitive with like a, but it only did eight and a half by eleven, and I think I could it could get like a nine by twelve in there. Right. Yeah. Like <laughs> when you're printing to the edge there, yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, and so it, it worked for for what I needed it to work for. Right on. And uh, I only took the jobs I knew I could 
handle. We were, I was able to do business cards. I was able to do, um, you know, whatever it was. Bro- a lot of brochures, a lot of like copies, and uh, I did free delivery. I was doing it on my apartment, so I had free delivery. I had the kid with me. Right, and, um, free delivery for a printing service. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I nice. didn't want anyone to have to come to my apartment. So <laughs> it was like it was super cheap, and it, was, it gave me something to do. Right on. And um, and so. With, with with the way you're talking, the print meeting, now we do small signage. I don't do any big signs, but I do small signs, any core platform, core banners, yeah, all that stuff. So, And I I oversee a lot of the design. I don't do a lot of the design myself because it's just too time-consuming. I have too much going on. Yeah. But yeah. definitely have the eye and you know understand how it all works. When you, when you said, I got out of school, I thought I was hot shit. <laughs> And then I go and I'm working for the sign company and I realize that I'm not. I, right. that, that totally wrong. <laughs> yeah. Because you realize yeah. spacing, sizing, colors, color balance, colors against each other. Right. It all plays a huge part when you're it does, when there's yeah. a sign and you have thirty seconds, ten seconds, five seconds to see it and you need to know exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. have to know exactly how to make that work. Right. Yeah. So, it's it's uh, it's amazing the science behind that and like you can walk into a place and you're like, <laughs> you're like okay maybe I don't know as much as, uh, as I thought. Well, it's all the thought that goes behind it, right. you know. Like, you know, I, I was a creative person, so I can think of like the idea right. quickly. Sure. But it, but it was the execution. It was why did I decide that? Mm-hmm. That's what I didn't really know. Mm-hmm. It was like this looks cool. Why do you like it? Well, because I like it. Right. Well, can you can you like quantify that or break it down? Can you qualify that? Yeah. And I'm like. It just looks cool. Trust me. They're like, right. that's not gonna fly here, yep. man. Like, yep. like you know, you gotta present the clients. You gotta say it doesn't. You can't say it looks cool. Trust me. They're not gonna buy that. Right. They're not gonna give us ten thousand dollars just because <laughs> you say it looks cool. <laughs> right. And so, you know, there's a lot of stuff where like you gotta put like the thought into it and like all that background and like, mm-hmm. you know, like a simple sign. Just go, there's a lot of thought that goes into that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's. I mean you probably know that more than me is like how much, you know, how, how it look in different atmospheres, yeah. you know, like they want a flyer or, you know, a sign or where, you know, what's like the lighting going to be? Is it like against the sun? Is it, you know, right. like, does the sun hit it directly? I mean, how's that work? And then, right. you know, what's, what's like the street like? Is it a fast traffic street? Is it like walking? I mean, right. all that stuff goes into how, how it's far gonna away look. is it going to be? Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, how small can you make that logo? Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But, you know, all that stuff goes into it and everything. I didn't really realize until, I mean, kind of, a, in some cases, it was too late, you yeah. know. Like, you you walk in there and, like, you have this chip on your shoulder and you think you're hot shit. Yeah. And then you realize, like, you know, I could have saved a lot of arguments and, like, a yeah. lot of time talking myself up right. if I had just taken some advice. Yeah. And so, mm. kind of, like, putting yourself into their shoes and like the biggest thing I could say that I've learned over the past couple of years with like designing and even like photography is like empathy, mm-hmm. you know, just putting yourself into their shoes and, Absolutely. and kind of thinking about what, you know, what do they want? Mm-hmm. And, and also like how, how do they picture this happening? Right. Because once you can think about what they want and like, you know, what their role is and everything and like kind of what they're going through, mm-hmm you can have a better idea as to how to treat them better and like how to really um, provide them with like the best uh, product you can. Right. You know, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. When you're doing any type of graphics, advertising, marketing, anything like that, um, 
I, I break it down to two things. It's obviously communication, mm-hmm. but it's also expectations. Right. And if you – so there's expectations for yourself, expectations you have for someone else, and then there's expectations they have for you. Mm-hmm. And in a way, you want to be able to communicate that, communicate what your expectations are both for you and them in a way that they'll understand. Right, yeah. And when if you can do that in advertising, you nail it. Right. And if you miss it, like I try to tell people, like if you're getting the same question asked ten times a day, it's because <laughs> there's some communication barrier that you're just not hitting. Right. And yeah. You need to figure out what that is because, you know, we can make a sign that says something very clearly, mm-hmm. so that, and then if that sign's not working, we can figure out why. Yeah. Yeah. And and go from there. So, it's uh, it's important. You don't want to overdo it. You don't want to overclutter things. But you, if you put everything in the right spot, mm-hmm. you can make it work. Yeah. So. Well, would you say it's part of the designers and like the printer's role to to like educate the person about what they're trying to do? To some extent, I think that it depends on the customer and what what it is they're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I work with between ten and thirty customers a day, and I can't give that type of service to every single one of them. Right. A lot of them know exactly what they're wanting, and they they're able to come in and say, "Hey, give me this," and I'm fine with that obviously we do that all day yeah uh, but I love working with customers when they say hey I have this idea how do I do this right and then I'm able to put my two cents in uh, you might you know this looks good see see yeah. what this give you two versions and then here's why you know you do your way totally happy to print that but if you if you do it this way here's why I would do it differently right on. and most of the time they're able to you know take that and be like yeah. oh yeah that looks great I'll run with that <laughs> And, you know, and I have graphic designers that work with me and mm-hmm. they're, you know, they'll do something and I'll be like, uh, add a period or add, add this or add whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, just kind of make the whole thing flow as one package. Uh, so I think it's, it's pretty obvious to see the stuff that we do design, the stuff that we, um, that comes out of here. A lot of it does have a touch of, of whether it's me or someone that's, that's working with me, that you can see the end game and, and what they're trying to if we if we're able to touch it at all mm-hmm. make any sort of calls then we try to try to do that and we, we I feel like we do that with entrepreneurs as well right not just on the graphic end and not just on the print end but if it's someone that we see is kind of coachable right or especially for me and uh, and I yeah I've been an entrepreneur for 11 years now yeah and so if I I, ha- I, I owe it I, I have to pay it back because yeah. I, I have so many mentors myself yeah and yeah. If, if I don't if I see someone I like I, I like what they're doing you know I have to try to do what I can to, to give them a leg up right even if it's just one little thing of advice and that's one of the reasons I do the podcast is like if I can compile a bunch of information together mm-hmm. and they can just listen to this while their phone's in their pocket or while they're driving or whatever then they can you know hear from not just me but from someone else something might ring mm-hmm. and they realize why it is they're doing what they're doing or, or how they can improve and I might be able to reach more people than just one on one at my print shop right yeah you know? yeah yeah and I mean you know doing this stuff I mean people people need, people want all the help people need all the help that that, that, mm-hmm. that, that they can get mm-hmm. they, they may not know it right. they, they might not admit it to themselves yeah but it's gonna they'll listen to something and then whether it's a day a week a month a yeah. year yeah They'll realize, damn, that was right. That was like spot on, man. That yep. was like, that was exactly what I needed to hear. I could take what I listened to back then, and then I could apply it now. Right. I can't even tell you how many times that has happened before. Where I, 
where I would hear something from like a podcast and then mm-hmm. think, oh, you know, that's cool, you know, and then be like, well, that's their story. And right. then like right. the next day, I'm like, holy crap, this is the same thing I'm going through, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if it's like we're just paying attention more to what's happening about that kind of stuff. Like maybe because like we're like aware of it, mm-hmm. we're just paying it. You know, we're just picking up that part of the story, right? Or if it's happened to us, and then we're just like, I can now navigate that problem with the <laughs> with the utmost confidence. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of times whenever I was starting out where I didn't think advice. I didn't take advice. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I I I was um. I was bullheaded in what I was thinking about and everything, you know, just trying to think, well, you know, my ideas are the greatest, you know, my ideas are the best. I don't know. I was kind of a weird kid, basically, you know. Right. I was like an only child. So, yeah. I mean, all, that's probably coming out right now is that, you know, it was my way or the highway, basically. Yeah. It's like if I cried, I got what I wanted. Right. Um, and so, like, that kind of stuff kind of led me to where I am right now and everything. And then it, it, it kind of took me a long time to realize that, like, you know, asking questions is like the best way to not make mistakes, Absolutely. you know? And so I made a lot of mistakes throughout my career. I made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And as much as I took them to heart and everything and kind of took them personally at the same time, it was like, like I learned not to take them to heart because then you're just defeating yourself and everything. Yeah. And so, um, you, you just want to like learn from what you're doing and everything, you know, it's kind of like take advice and be the best, be the best person you can be because it's always going to come back full, mm-hmm. full circle, mm-hmm. you know. With uh, with the psychology uh, minor that you don't have credit for, <laughs> would you, so one of the things I was trying to say is that the 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 expectations that other people have, if you can if you can get that clearly communicated, um, that's obviously not just for a sign or a mm-hmm. flyer, but. If you can, uh, if you can figure out exactly how, you can, um, you know, it's hard. It, one of the hardest things for graphic designers is to try to understand what the heck the customer is actually asking for. Because yeah. if you go through one proof, two proof, three proof, then then eventually they're like, what the heck does this person <laughs> want? I keep doing everything they say, right? Yeah. But it's clearly not what they're they're not able to express it. So I'm curious. You said you know coming out of college and. And uh, your your first few years, uh, being bullhead and everything, do you think that if you were able to to hone in on that skill of understanding other people and why they're giving you advice, why you know, I mean, obviously people want to see you succeed and they want to see you you get better. Yeah. And uh, and I'm not hounding you or anything, <laughs> but to people that might be listening and and <coughs> considering why they might be interested in in taking that value from other people um do you think that uh the people that are trying to give that value could express it in a way that's more a a better delivery um if that makes sense that's a two-part question yeah it is. okay the first part is to go down to really why you don't want to take advice Mm -hmm. and to me i was afraid of failure okay i was afraid that if i took advice Mm -hmm. it would be admitting to myself that that i don't know what i'm doing yeah. And I didn't want to confront that, yeah. that like possibility. Right. After a while that I accepted the fact that, you know, I might not know as much as I think I do. Yeah. Let's just kind of take advice and just see where it goes. Sure. From that point forward, it's like, like, just like I was off to the races, you know, I was just going straight and, um, being able to accept 
failure through, through yourself is one of the biggest challenges a person has to overcome. Absolutely. Um, because it's something that, you know, <laughs> we're all, especially as Americans, like we're all trained to believe that we're the best country, we're the best people, right. Pittsburgh's the best city. Yeah. That's, well, that's a little bit undeniable, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, we're all, we're all brought up to believe that, you know, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And when you're confronted with us, with the idea that maybe you can't, mm -hmm. you know, maybe you have to take a back seat and like let the other person drive for a second and then you learn something new and you're like, and then you oh, can, maybe. Yeah. right. Or, you know, yeah. Um, so I think that a majority of it is how you interpret what they're saying yeah. is, are you able to accept the fact that you, that you need the advice? Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't think that they actually need the advice. They think that they, they might know what they're doing and they might have this idea and this vision right. and then the other person's at fault because they're not quite getting it. Right. You know, that's their problem. Right. But one of the things that I learned throughout myself, well, throughout being a teacher as well, is um, if a, if a student's not getting the lesson, yeah. it's not their fault, it's your fault. Right. It's the teacher's fault. Absolutely. And so if a student's not learning, how can the teacher redirect or interpret something else or mm -hmm. kind of provide it in like a different way? Mm -hmm. uh, part of being a teacher is knowing how people learn. Yeah. And so if you can either put it into, you know, if it's an audio learning, like if they are better at, right. you know, just listening to somebody or like a podcast listening, or are they better at like taking notes? Right. Are they better at reading it? You know, how can the person given, giving the advice um, cater to their uh, needs. Right. Now that's very that's very time consuming, and I mean everyone's different, so it's not going to work for every single case. Right. And you kind of need to have a degree in like an advanced degree right. to really understand that kind of stuff. Got it. Um, like for example, like whenever whenever I was in grad school, my first semester I did pretty poorly. Mm. You know, I I didn't do very well, and then I realized that I need that I need to take notes during class and then rewrite the notes at home mm. to really get the, the the full effect right and so once i understood how i learned and everything like it took me until i was 35 years old <laughs> to really understand how i could learn right. you know before right. that i was just listening you yeah. know but like well i was just hearing yeah. and i wasn't listening mm. you know um and so it's on to the person that's given the advice how can they change their message mm. maybe it's the, maybe it's the fact of like Maybe it's the fact that they just can work with the person, you know. Right. Um, maybe it's the way they're toning of their voice, basically. You know, sure. like like tone is a big thing. Absolutely. Maybe maybe it's like body language. You know, right. if they're standing over you like this, you know, with, with their arms crossed, yeah. they're not very inviting. Right. You know, if you right. s if you sit down with the person and then they're kind of, you know, you're on like the level, you know, the the even eye level. It's a more of like a one-on-one, -on -one, more of like a personal experience as opposed to like the boss standing over your shoulder saying, no, do that. No, no, no. Right. You know, and so just reinforcement, positive reinforcement, right. you know, even though they might be not be learning mm -hmm. as much as you would like, right. just saying, you know, just every day saying you're doing great. You know, right. I know it's a struggle. I was there too. Like let them into your world yeah. and just be personal about it. Yep. You know, like yep. knowing the person, knowing who they are is the best way to do it. Like when I teach a class, absolutely, I go like I tell them where I'm from, you know how I went to school, yep. uh, how I failed, yeah. like because they, I don't know if they do this, but like they might look at their teacher and say, "Who's this guy trying to teach me this stuff?" What you know, you right. know, 
what is he knows the shit, and, right. and, and I have to listen to him. Exactly. If I can tell them how I failed and then how I built myself back up, mm-hmm. that's a better situation. They'll they might respect that more. Right. They might think this guy's a failure, but that's how they think. I can't control yeah. how they think, right. but I can't control it makes how. It's more approachable. It does. Right. Yeah. I'm right. I'm known as a teacher to be very approachable. That's good. People come to me with with like a lot of their troubles that they have at home. Yeah. And so a lot of that time, like I, I try to be as best I can within boundaries, you know. Right. So. Right. Yeah. I feel like uh, I feel like we have a lot of similarities mm-hmm. on that with uh, with where I have my business. I have three people on my team every day, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I try to if if someone isn't doing things exactly the way that I want them to, um, I I put that on myself. It's it's my fault that that I didn't coach them correctly or I didn't um, explain it. So. I need to figure out another way if I need to actually make a manual so that they have it and they can refer to it. Right. I've done that in the past with my old business. I haven't mm-hmm. done it here. Um, and uh, if I have to, you know, take them aside, sit down with them. But a, a big part, like what you said, is uh, figuring out who they are, like kind of what drives them. Mm-hmm. If obviously with a, a classroom, you may not be able to take the time to do that with every student, but obviously me and my team of three, I can, I can do that and pull people aside. What not everyone wants money. Not right. everyone wants, um, a ton of money. I mean, everyone needs some money, but, um, <laughs> you know, people want to be at a place that's fun and right. that they're respected. And I do, I mean, every single day when, when people that work with me are done, you know, I thank them. I, there, there is that positive reinforcement and, uh, and I try my best not to be, you know, just towering over everyone and, and right. stomping my feet. I, I want I want to work with them, and I want there was you know last week or this week actually, um, one of my main printers, he um, he's just like, hey man, these nine hour days are killing me, because there's you know issues will come up with the printer if people think they have problems with their printer. Like mm-hmm. You have a printer that costs you thirty dollars and it's giving you trouble. We have the same problems with our. Forty-eight thousand dollar machine. <laughs> it's just that much more of a problem. Yeah. And then when things happen, they, they happen harder. Right. So yeah. Yeah. There it's it's you know it's that it's customers it's 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 uh you know there's a push and pull. I know things. You know I have relationships with these customers for the past four years. So when they come come in and they're like, hey, I want ten copies of this. I already know what kind of paper they want, what right. size it is, all this stuff. Yeah. And so yeah. they, you know, I try not to be like, oh, didn't you know that this was. What, how would you know? How would you, how would you, like, that wasn't written down. You don't know this customer right. gets this or that. So I have to be involved in the circle and I have to um, make sure that it's not just me pushing too much on them. Right, yeah. And, um, yeah. and expecting too much from other people. Yeah. So it, it creates a, there's a little bit of a push and pull sometimes, especially yeah. it's been a huge growth for me. The first two years of this business I didn't have anyone working with me mm-hmm. and that's coming from a place where my other print shop I had um, my brother and I we were partnerships so there was always the two of us and then we had a various amount between one and three other people helping out at a time um, there's a lot more hands-on with the screen printing you actually have to pull your squeegee we had an automatic machine you actually load and unload the shirts someone at the end of the dryer folding them right so there's a uh, blowing out the screen it's, it's a lot more of a process a lot more physical right yeah with uh, paper printing you just need one person to 
do the action. Everyone mm-hmm. else, you know, graphic designer. I have another person that is, uh, you know, doing invoicing, customer service, cutting stuff down, making deliveries, whatever. Right. Yeah. And um, it's uh, it's amazing once you have a team, it all kind of clicks and, and and works out. But it's been a huge growth for me. Yeah. To yeah. redevelop exactly how I want everyone to work together, and and when it is just one person and, and me and them and okay, well, I'll do the graphic design, you do the printing, I'll do the invoice. So then, then there's another person splits off and we can kind of break that down a little more. Yeah. Um, and it's just growth. It's, and it's sometimes it can happen all at once. Sometimes it takes a while. Right, Four yeah. Four years in, I'm finally hitting the point where things are making a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's worth it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, well, touching on that, I mean, wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't you think that, well, don't you think that, like, I think that, like, trust is a big issue there. Absolutely. You know, and so – like with me working with somebody else, mm-hmm. you know, you have to trust them to do their job and like trust right. them that they had like they'll make the like they'll make the right decisions. Right. You know, um, micromanaging someone gets everybody nowhere. Right. And so, um, I really think that like letting go of that trust, you know, well, sorry, le- letting go of that control, and then initiate like accepting the trust of somebody else. Huge. It's a it it's a scary thing, you know. It's very scary yep. to say here this is your job yep. i trust you to do this at the best of your capabilities yep. and then you're just hoping in your mind like don't fuck up you right. know <laughs> two, out of three, two out of three have keys yeah and the other one that doesn't uh it's not because i don't trust him it's just because he's not his hours don't make it so he needs uh, mm-hmm. if he needed him i'll give him to him right so yeah um that level of trust saying here you know here's the here's the keys it's your, you know, not yeah. it's yours, right. but it's it's uh, it's yours to manage. It's right. Yours to be here. Yeah. Say, you know, you're going to be here when you say you're going to be here, and uh, and it's a, it's important, and it's it's important not to get too emotional when it doesn't work out, because especially like for me, I have never hired someone off the street. Um, it's always been people that I've known or people that are referred to me or somehow i mean pittsburgh's a small city and mm-hmm. and everyone kind of knows everyone so even you know a time where it might be someone that i don't know that well at least there's there's always someone around that might know them and i can ask them, hey what, what do you think of this person right um and so it's very easy to you know you have a, a friendship with them you go out with them it's not just work and uh and so it's, it's it can be hard to cut it off right and yeah so yeah. i've had em- employees and this has happened multiple times where I get too romantic with the idea of, you know, this is my employee, this is my, you know, this is, this is how it, it has to be. And they might fall short and fall short and fall short. And, and, uh, you have to, you have to be able to make that business decision. And right. Say, you know, this is hurting my business. I can't have this mm-hmm. and cu- cut it off a lot sooner than, than I have in the past. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah. I let, I've let things go on for months and it's like, all right, uh, that was a bad decision, and I definitely burned a couple bridges by doing that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you need to make sure that your customers and your business is taking precedence. Right. Okay. Hopefully, they all understand that like it's a business decision, not, right. not a personal one. Right. Like, right. like, like you aren't attacking their their character. Correct. You're attacking, well, you're protecting your business. Correct. And and your interests because this is what you built from right. like the ground up. Exactly. You don't want it to suffer because of someone else doesn't really want to. Right. Doesn't have a, doesn't have the same vision. Exactly. You know, and so it's not a personal decision; it's a business decision. It's a business business decision. When you include friendship in that, right. it's a whole mess. Like like it, it's 
<laughs> it's more often yeah, no, than it, not it can very much uh, when you make this when you react with your emotions, mm-hmm. then that becomes a convoluted mess, and then you you forget what the real reason why you're talking is. You know, right, right. like you messed up. Well, why are you attacking me? You know, I'm attacking you. You know, I'm attacking the problem. Right. And some some sometimes it's not. Right. It's and you're it's, not able to bring things up. You're not able to just wait until right. they leave and redo it. And yeah, I, I mean, like <laughs> that's not good. In <laughs> some ways, like being being an employee of somebody can be close to being in like a relationship. Yeah. You know, if there's not open, open and honest and authentic communication, right. It's just going to break down from like the day one. Absolutely. You know, if they don't right. trust to tell you anything and, right. and like, you, you know, you can't confront them on their, on like their issues. Right. Nothing's going to work out. Right. You know? And, yeah. uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that goes the way with customers as like, as well as with, you know, all the employees they have within your life and everything. Right. You know, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's amazing how it all works and <laughs> works together. And yeah. I mean, every relationship, trust, honesty, respect, mm-hmm. communication, and expectation. Those first three, can't have one without the other. If you don't trust them, you're not going to respect them. Right. You're not going to be honest with them exactly. and vice versa. Yeah. And then that communication and expectations, if you can draw out exactly what they're expecting of you and you can, and you're able to communicate what you want from them and what you're expecting from you, like, like it, it full circle works really good if if all parties agree exactly but yeah. it's rare that's the hard part right. is getting all parties to then right. agree exactly. on the on that commonality right that's where it differs a lot yeah and so as as much as you think that you're being open and honest as you can they might think the opposite right and so whether that's something that happened 10 years like you know 10 years ago right like you know i've done business with, with the people that i've held on to a grudge yeah. Or, you know, it's like you made me yeah. pay for beers when I was in college. Right. And so, like, right. you know I was broke, but you still made me pay. Right. And so that followed me around. And <laughs> just, you know, just it's, it's a different thing, yeah. you know. Yeah. So you got to learn to learn to leave every, to take everything with a grain of salt yeah. and just assimilate the changes, you know. Yep. Yeah. Love it. Wise words from a very wise man. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> um, so where can we find you? Um, they can find me at, on on Instagram at, okay. at uh, John Hall dot photography. Okay. That's J O N H A L L dot photography. Cool. There's other John Hall with J O H N. He is he's he's somebody else. Okay. Not not you. Not me. Okay. He has more followers, so the one <laughs> with the less followers, that's the one you should be following. For now. <laughs> so, people, yeah. listen, people listening in a couple of years, you don't know. In a couple of years, they're gonna be you know thousands of followers. Right. They're all fake though, so. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. So find me on Instagram. I'm working on a Facebook page. It's a year in the making. It's, it's been, it's been private for a year now. (laughs) So eventually I'll have enough time to kind of figure that one out. Um, it's a good problem to have to have to have too much work, you know, to go home and not be able to work on your own stuff because you're doing other stuff, other things that pay bills. Champagne problems. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I man. have it too. <laughs> we'll slow down for a couple of days in here, and we're like, "Oh man, we'd be caught up." You're and right. No, nope. no. Nope. Come in the next morning, and we're like, "No, no we didn't catch up." Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, that's a good problem to have, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's where you can find me. I'm on. Uh... No, yeah, that's it. I don't yeah. do Twitter at all. I probably should, yeah. but eh, I, I haven't had the best of luck on Twitter. I haven't. 
No. I, no. I just use it to like post my thoughts and stuff. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I. Hey, here's a little haiku. <laughs> <laughs> I used to post stuff that. Uh, I don't know. You know, like I was having a good meal. Yeah. And I would post. I was like one of those people. Okay. And uh, zero likes. No one. Would, no one cared, so I'm like, well, I don't care to post either. So right. let's just, yeah, let's just not do this, right? <laughs> and the, you know, Twitter is a land, it it's a landmine field basically. So it's turning out to be that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Instagram and uh, the Facebook is where I'm gonna be. Cool. Yeah. We'll keep up on it. Check out the photos. Keep uh, keep an eye out. You'll, you post your flyers and any events that you do. You post that up there. Instagram. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Thanks for watching. This is the Dolphin Discussion.